Hello and welcome to the Finance from the Harbour City podcast. So this is the inaugural episode, the very first episode, and we're going to use it more so as an introduction into to what to expect from this podcast. Uh, I am your host, Richard Fernando. I'm looking to have guests on the show at some point in the future. But for now, uh, basically, we're here to accompany what will hopefully be a YouTube channel as well uh, in the near future. But with the podcast format, there's a lot more room to go into, into depth. So what is this podcast actually about? Well, with the way I guess the world is going right now in terms of just uh, panic, um, coming out of COVID, transitioning out of COVID, the market's honestly looking as irrational as ever. Um, you kind of invest and don't know what's going to happen from day to day. Uh, not that you really knew for certain in the past, but at least right now, you know that whatever your inkling is towards will probably not happen. It will most likely be the opposite. Uh, and it's it's a crazy time to be invested. And I was looking at the figures and seeing just the amount of people that are investing for the first time. And I thought as someone who has been in the markets uh, for three years now, I believe, which doesn't seem like a lot, but uh, a good three years, um, there's there's a few tips and, and tricks here and there that I feel as though I could impart um, on, on anyone who wants to listen. And I think it'd just be nice to have a bit of a community going as well. You know, if it gets big enough, we could maybe start a Discord and we could share investing ideas. Uh, that's the sort of thing that, that I'm looking to create here, basically because I, I do live and breathe, breathe the markets. Um, you know, it's something that I track on a constant basis through social media apps such as StockTwits, um, which although, you know, can be a bit Wall Street bets-like in terms of just crazy craziness going on, I do like to just keep up to date with what people are saying. I'm in a couple of Discord chats myself. And uh, I think that it's something, well, it's the most positive thing out of all this really to be able to build a community um, focused on wealth stability and wealth creation. I think that because we aren't really taught uh, money management as well in in school, in primary school or high school to a great extent, um, it kind of leaves leaves that part of the conversation to be a bit taboo. And I think that the more that we open up and talk about these sorts of things, the, the better it really is for our futures, our financially secure futures. So that is definitely the aim of this podcast. In terms of what we'll talk about, uh, I'm hoping to just share... Um, in this particular episode, tips and tri- tricks that I've that I've come across, but in future, also just news, particular um, events or occurrences with companies that I have been tracking or following, um, because I know that a lot of people are investing for the first time, and that's that's actually uh, it's a great thing I believe, but at the same time, people are investing really quickly because they've just received their stimulus checks, job seeker payments and are probably just listening to the first person they hear from um, or the first person who told them, oh, you can't sports gamble right now, so, so go throw it on the markets. And so I think it would be really good if, if you are one of those people to, to listen to things like this um, and to go and do your own due diligence and research and, and hopefully you'll be able to understand why the markets are so interesting and so fun to follow for so many people. So myself... Uh, I was a bit hesitant in terms of creating this podcast and the accompanying uh, YouTube channel, which is to come, uh, basically because I don't have a, a PhD, 
PhD or a master's in finance. I am studying finance at university. And I realize that that is a unique perspective in itself. So I think that it will be quite interesting to, to go along this journey with you guys as listeners. Um, and you'll be able to kind of partake in my last year and a half of, of studies in, in the finance field um, before I graduate. And as well as noticing that a lot of the, the big YouTubers in the finance space or the financial YouTube sector uh, don't appear to be in the financial space either. Uh, a lot of them are just people that found the markets and found it interesting and enjoy talking about it. And so I think that, that there's definitely room for someone like me to come in um, and also join that party, really. Uh, so, yeah, if, if you're interested, stick along. Um, as an introduction, uh, I'm currently invested across three three markets. So the Australian, the New York or American market, and the Hong Kong market. But I only really have two positions there. In terms of tips and tricks, though, which is the main point of this, art, uh, this particular podcast, um, there's some very basic things that I think no one, I guess, really talks about, I guess, out of fear of not sounding academic enough or, or just out of fear that maybe um, you'll tell someone this tip and they'll say, oh, that's obvious. But I think they're really important, you know, when you're first getting started to lay that foundation. And the number one thing that I hear so many people get wrong um, is they directly equate the price of the stock, like the literal price when you search I don't know, Apple stock and it says 200 or 300 and something with the market capitalization. So to understand that, uh, you definitely have to understand that the actual size of the company is not directly kind of solely dictated by the price of the stock, if that makes sense. It's the price of the stock times the shares outstanding and that gives you the total value of that company. So you would say, I'm pretty sure Amazon or, or Apple are the biggest companies in the world right now. Um, I think they're over a trillion dollars market cap. So a company could technically uh, come along and and split or issue less shares than them to a degree that their price is actually higher than Amazon or Apple. But that doesn't necessarily mean that the company is worth more than Amazon or Apple. So that's all it is. Um, in a YouTube video, I feel like this might be easier to explain and you probably already know this, but I just thought I'd, I'd share that with you um, just because I have had a few people come up to me and tell me they're, they're ready to invest and, and all this sort of stuff and I'm excited and then they say, oh, such and such company is cheaper than this and you know how can it be cheaper or such and such company has so much more room to grow because the price you know, in literal uh, numeric terms is just lower than such and such you know, and, and that... It's disheartening for me because I, I, I don't want to be the one to kind of um, crush that dream for them, but um, oh, I'm getting there in terms of telling people just the basics like that. Um, tip number two is definitely to do your own research. I know that sounds so, <laughs> I guess, vanilla and boring and it's probably not the super insightful thing you wanted to hear from me today, but uh, a lot of people uh, I've noticed also either just join a, a group chat or join, I don't know, a Facebook group, um, which can be filled with 30,000 plus people. And we'll take the first tip they see that seems to be written nicely enough that it could be, you know, a, a good tip to, to take. Um, and I don't think people 
Well, I think the one thing you have to remember is that there's people out there with definite, with very different interests to you um, in terms of what they're typing. So they could be writing something um, which could be complete BS, for example, or they could be writing something that is true, but they could be painting it in a nice way um, just to sell their shares to you, essentially. Um, they could already have a position and most likely will already have a position. So all they're doing is just up, up ramping or pumping a stock in the hopes that enough people will be fooled into buying it, which unfortunately with the amount of rookies in the market right now, you know, is very likely um, with the hopes of, yes, basically leaving you with all their shares um, and taking a, a neat profit from you in the process. So again, very important to do your own research. Uh, just the basics, try and understand how to, to read through a, a balance sheet um, and just the general financial um papers or spreadsheets um but at the end of the day yes yeah, it's, it's just very important for you to be able to to at least do the basics on your own and also it's it's i guess a bit of a an obvious skill as well but you can definitely tell when someone is not being genuine um you know that the the bs radar definitely has to come out when you're going through facebook groups because there's a lot of people on there that well, honestly, even just the way that they type with emojis and pure rocket symbols in everything they type, once you see the rocket symbols, you should already have the caution lights going off. The hazard lights are going off already and you should definitely, definitely be a bit worried. So have a, have a good dig through the, through the financial statements. Um, in terms of this podcast as well, being finance from the Harbour City, obviously we're based in Australia and Sydney, but we're looking to cover the general market news in terms of the US as well, of course. Um, I'm not sure if I'll go into too much detail, detail with Hong Kong as much as I love um, my largest position being in Hong Kong. Um, I think we're up 30 or 40% there right now. Uh, I think the general public um, and Australian and English uh, listening, I guess, users would be more interested in, in the US and, and Australia. But without further ado, tip number three. Now, tip number three... Um, it's, it's a bit more of a, a look to your own portfolio in terms of trying to diversify. Um, you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. And I think that that's where, where a lot of new people to, to the market might, might not really, um, understand that one stock could honestly, it could go bankrupt. It could delist. You could be. If something adverse goes on, especially during COVID where anything seems to, to be able to happen, you don't want to be left in a situation where you finally start to learn about the markets, you're getting interested, and then you happen to open your brokerage account the next day and bam, $0 or delisted or, or negative 30, 40, double-digit percent um, because that can weigh on you emotionally. And that leads into another tip, which is tip number four, and that's to try and learn to manage your emotions, not get too attached to an individual stock, for example. I see people kind of build these these cult followings of certain stocks. We, we saw AMD, AMD last year with Lisa Su, uh, the CEO, and everyone was just obsessed with them. And I was lucky as well because I was in on that stock before the, the popularity came in. But I saw how people became very emotionally attached to that stock. The same seems to happen with, with Tesla. Um, and I know that it happens with Tesla because I've seen that certain people 
um, will criticize other companies such as Nikola that just came in in the the hydrogen trucking space. Um, I've seen people criticize that company who are noted Tesla uprampers on YouTube um, and, and Twitter and, and those spaces. And they'll criticize this new company for the same reasons that they were defending Tesla two years ago. So, or two to three years ago. So you do have to be careful with emotional attachment because at the end of the day, you could on one hand be infatuated with the company that's doomed to fail and you're just looking at it through rose-colored glasses and never willing to admit it or you're never willing to admit that it could be overvalued. Um, or you could also, which I don't think people realize, you could block out other opportunities just because uh, it could be a slight um, dig at a company you already own, if that makes sense. And you've got to learn to not take investing too personally. Uh, and we're all we're all guilty of it every now and then. I mean, of course, if a company makes you a lot of money, you you do come to love that that company to a certain degree. Um, but yeah, it's it's very important to keep keep I guess a general awareness of that as it arises. Uh, and tip number five, it comes back to to the financial YouTubers and influencers. Um, I, I just genuinely think that there is not enough transparency with a lot of them. Um, and I think some of you, if, if you've been around the financial entertainment or educational YouTube space for the last few years, you would have noticed, because uh, I've been watching these sorts of videos for more than three years, I've definitely been invested for less time than I've been into the whole YouTube scene. And... Oh man, there's definitely a lot of even Australian uh, decent-sized YouTubers who you know have come into the space and and really lost a lot of people, a lot of money by making things seem like sure things. And I don't blame them. At the same time, I don't think that just because a YouTuber says they love a company, you should go for it. Um, but they have lost a lot of people, a lot of money. I can think of two or three particular scenarios where, uh, for one company has delisted um, after basically losing 75% value and now they're essentially worthless going through bankruptcy. And another one where they lost, I think it was 90, or they're currently at 98 to 99% of a, of a loss, which is unreal after diluting their shareholders more. And I decided when I, when I saw these companies go under to look through certain, those YouTubers that, that kind of pumped them and looked through their channels and tried to see if they reference these companies again. And they don't seem to. I think they only seem to talk about their wins. They never talk about their losses. It's almost like a problem gambler. But the issue being that these YouTubers have a following and it's it's very easy for, for people in the public, in the general public, watching these videos and listening to these podcasts to, to lose it all by basically YOLOing it on a, on a stock that a YouTuber mentioned. And you can't really expect the YouTuber to front up um, afterwards and say, hey, I got it wrong. Unfortunately, a lot of the time they just keep picking a new stock to pump because they're already getting getting enough money from referrals and things like that that they don't really need to perform in terms of their investment, I guess, objectives. They just need one or two stocks to, to skyrocket and they just kind of ride that wave um, by reporting on that one stock for a while. So that's happened a lot with Tesla as well lately where they've had a few dodgy calls but they happened to mention Tesla as a good call and then they kind of rode the Tesla wave so that their audience assumed that they're really good investors. So that's another thing to be careful of. But the last tip, 
The last tip is also <clears throat> to to understand from a from an eagle-eyed view, are you or do you feel ready enough to to invest? If you don't understand the basics, there is no problem whatsoever. I'll say that again. There's no problem whatsoever with waiting a bit a bit longer to to get into the markets. Um, I think that people also are, I guess, a victim of this FOMO. There's FOMO every day in the markets. You know, you see something go up, and the next day you go, "Oh wow." I've been watching this stock for a while. I wish I got in. Should I buy now? Because it just had a huge day. It absolutely ripped. And I want in, but I've kind of already missed a lot of the gains that I would have had. And that's a, a very common feeling. It's a very common feeling in the, in the markets. And it even happens after you sell. Uh, even myself, I've had stocks that I've sold. And then, oh man, a week or two later, uh, even though I took a nice profit, all of a sudden the profit could have been two, three, four times larger and you know I've just let it slide by. And so FOMO in general um, happens when you're in the market, but you also have to remember that even that initial decision, do I start investing, um, can form part of that FOMO. And so you have to be careful just because you have that stimulus check and your mate is, is investing and happened to get lucky once or twice doesn't mean that you have to jump in all guns blazing. I think it's definitely important if you can to, to start small, uh, even to use those those virtual trading investing um, sites where you use what is fake money and you see how you go for a month or two. Um, but in the whole, I guess, lead up to investing for the first time, you should definitely try and get as financially educated as you can. Um, at least learn the basics. Again, at least learn the financial statements. Um, watch a few YouTube videos if you can, because um, it is a good resource when you're looking just for educational content. And don't be afraid to invest in an ETF, in, in a broad index ETF, uh, something that tracks the ASX 200 or the S&P 500 or something on a larger scale, um, just to have... Or quell that that fear that you're not in the market and you're worried that you're missing out on all these gains, but at the same time not be subject to what could be you know absolutely fatal volatility to your to your initial capital to your initial money that you put in. Um, and leading off from that, uh, which comes back to a personal note for me, I wanted to be in the markets for a long time. It was something that I've always been passionate about. You know, I'm not from a background where you know my parents or anything were, were invested in the stock market, but for some reason, it always resonated with me. And I realized that alongside the fact that we don't get as enough, enough of a financial education in terms of primary school and high school uh, in Australia, and I'm assuming for most of the world, um, I think that if you are exposed early on and show your children and the people around you, things such as micro-investing apps. So that's things like Raise Invest or Acorns Invest in the US. Uh, I think that that can help. That can help as well. I think Com Commonwealth Bank does the same, I believe, with Com Commonwealth Pocket or Comsec Pocket, something like that. And it lets you really just put a, a spaceship investor. That's another one. It, it lets you really put aside a little... Uh, portion of your your income into just broad ETFs, broad portfolios that they manage for you, and it, it's it's an easy way to get that get that first feeling for what it's like being in the market. You can then kind of judge uh, what way you want to go with it. 
Uh, that's definitely how I started and it's it's a much more smooth transition. You're not jumping in and making this crazy decision to just invest in one stock. And when you're in the Australian market, unfortunately, there's fees per trade. Uh, and, and that's unfortunate just because it kind of limits, oh, and there's a minimum trade as well. So it kind of limits how much diversification you can get uh, off the bat. So those micro-investing platforms are, are a godsend for that. I think that those sorts of things should be celebrated a lot more than, say, these programs that are giving us so much more consumer debt or incentivizing us just to spend quite recklessly uh, like things like Afterpay and, and, and ZipPay and those sorts of things that are lauded you know, on national TV for, for their qualities, whereas micro-investing platforms are, are there to genuinely help you. Uh, yes, they take a little fee. Um, and I think you can try and work out how much you need to have invested for the fees to kind of be a bit more insignificant. But it's it's a good place to start, and I definitely recommend that if you're not ready to dive into the markets. And, and it's, a, it's a wise decision. You can always pat yourself on the back for that, for having that restraint and that patience. And it's those sorts of emotional qualities that ultimately help you later down the track when you are investing in, in just one stock or when you, you do see your stock have a potentially... Uh, a red day, a down day, and you log on to those forums like Hot Copper for Australia or Stock Twits for the US or just Twitter and, and Facebook groups and you just see people spreading doom and gloom absolutely everywhere. It's good to be skeptical every now and then, but it's also good to be able to, to balance your emotions and, and understand that there's definitely people out there who are on the extremes emotionally and will absolutely slate or lord um, however they're feeling on a particular day, any certain stock to, to spread panic. And unfortunately, there's people out there that, that do benefit off, off panic um, or fake pumping um, on particular stocks. So yes, always, always be careful out there. Be careful in these investing streets. But uh, that's, that's enough for today, I think. Um, you know, I have rambled a little bit, but I think it is important to, to get that first initial basis out there. Um, happy to, to take suggestions on what to explore next week. Uh, I think you can do that through the Anchor FM app, uh, but this should be available on, on most podcasting platforms. Uh, but this has been your host, Richard Fernando, and I hope you've enjoyed the very first episode of Finance from the Harbour City. Uh-huh.